This is 94.3 WRHD-FM, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Broadcasting to the Pirate Nation and beyond at 943thegame.com. It's 5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! Flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome into the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. I'm Philip Pilkington. I'm joined by Chris Cook. How's it going, Cookie? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a Friday. Friday is finally yeah, you got, here. You got the chest hair out. I did. Uh, the chest hair on. Like, it's free ball Friday for Philip, man. <laughs> He's is. excited for some ECU baseball. I am. I am. <laughs> ECU baseball, some Rose baseball. And uh, all those sound effects are being uh, produced by Clark Willis in the, the production room. Clark How's it Willis. going, Clark? Hey guys, what's up? Oh, oh excuse me. Oh. <laughs> Clark did have Mexican for uh, for lunch, so he must have got hey, he we, must we, got we extra spicy. Did. I can't guarantee I won't be doing a little of that. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the one and only Clark Willis. Well, today is the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. It's a special Friday edition because tonight on our airways we have two different types of postseason baseball. Obviously, on ninety four three, the game uh, Scott Rogers will be bringing you East Carolina and Oklahoma from the Charlottesville Regional up on the campus of the University of Virginia, and also on our sister station, Talk one hundred three seven WTIB, the Rose. State Championship Baseball. Game 1 will be tonight at 8 o'clock. Game 2 tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Game 3, if necessary, because this is the best 2 out of 3 series, could either be played uh, at 5 o'clock, so immediately after Game 2, or at 8 o'clock, depending on what goes on with the 4A game. But on the call will be Croft, Massey, and Jackson Surlis. And it is brought to you by Orthopedics East and Sports Medicine Center, the Meridian Park Apartments, the Gavigan Agency, the J.H. Rose Athletic Foundation, Wells Fargo Advisors in Greenville, Stadium Sports, the law firm of Hardy, Massey, and Blodgett, Careway Office Solutions, the Tyree Realty Group, and the Brian Vision and Trey Harris of Vision Family Dental of Winterville and Pitt County Schools. So that'll be tonight at 8 o'clock. Croft, the voice of the football Rampants will be on that call as head coach Ronald Vincent goes for his eighth state championship. That's insane, isn't it? That is. He was on yesterday, and I mean, I obviously knew that stat, but just hearing him and Patrick talk about it yesterday, uh, I've actually got a little bit of audio to play from that later in the sports update. It, that, that's just so, like, I mean, how, how do you make it that many times and win it that many times? Yeah. It's just wild, yeah. So I'm going to get your, your another take from you on this okay. in a second, but I do want to read off a couple stats. So Coach Vincent, the Hall of Famer, is in his 51st season. Back in April, he got his 1,000th career win, won his first title back in 1957, most recently in 2021. So some recent success as well as some longstanding success. So did a little research. Okay. I found a couple other people. You're a man exactly, of research, yeah. yeah. So if he gets his eighth title tonight, 
I don't care if it's high school or the pros. Okay. Eight titles is amazing. Oh, yeah, he will course. break ties with Tom Brady and Babe Ruth, who also I, have seven championships. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, think I didn't know he went that national like that. Oh, I'm not saying that you know there was an article posted this way. I was looking at other people with seven titles. Oh, okay. I mean, there yeah, are people with more. Obviously, Bill Russell has 11, but um, I mean, Rick Flair with 16. Okay. Okay, now. <laughs> Stuff that's not scripted cookie. Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I don't care if you're doing it at the high school level, the college level, or the professional level. I mean, eight championships is, is nothing to be squandered at. And I think you do deserve to be in the same conversation yeah, as Tom um, Brady and Babe Ruth. I don't know how deep you went in this research, and I don't mean to call you out if you didn't know this. I'm just curious. Yeah. You said the first one was in 57? 75. Oh, I thought you said 57. Okay, how, I might old, how old was he in 75 when the first one was won? I'm not sure. I don't know how old RV is. I know he's oh, in his okay, 51st year coaching, so he's got to be in his 70s. Yeah, that's just, just the consistency for that long is just so, like, I mean, yeah. it is like Tom Brady-esque. Like yeah. some, it, that's like some Michael Jordan stuff there. Yeah, I mean, you got to think, that was, that was 48 years ago. So he won a title in his third season. Mm. Wow. That is amazing. They will be playing West Henderson tonight and tomorrow, obviously. So, um, a lot going on, obviously, around the country. We will be joined by Stephen Igo in segment two to, as he has... On his way, hopefully by the time we get on the phone with him, he will have arrived in Charlottesville, Virginia, where the Virginia Cavaliers knocked off Army earlier today 15-1. to Yeah, what a blowout that was, right? Yeah. Um, Chris, you've been covering ECU baseball now here for two years. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, we've had some blowouts. Have you seen one that's 15-1? to No, I haven't. Uh I, but, and I remember it was already shaping up to be this way because it was like 12-0 to when we looked at it. You were like, hey, come look at this. It's already 12-0. to Yeah. I mean, hey, at least they got one. <laughs> at least they I, got I, one. I, I didn't see my like, army like, go down that bad just because, you know, it's the military, like, servicemen and all that. Yeah. So good, good on them for getting one, but, like, holy cow. Yeah, so an interesting thing about that, Virginia only saw 29 pitches in the first thing. Normally when you score six runs, you see a, an extravagant amount of pitches. They only had one home run. Saw 29 pitches. That means they scored one run every five pitches. Wow. They scored a run. You don't even need to know a lot about baseball to know that. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. that is crazy. The kid was just serving up meatballs, and, and they were just hitting the ball in good spots. So they weren't all hard hit. They were just they were just finding green grass. So congratulations to the Cavaliers, I guess. And that is who the Pirates will see if they reign victorious tonight. A couple other scores from around the country in games that have wrapped up already today. Uh, the number one seed out of the Lexington Regional, the Kentucky Wildcats, number 12 overall, knocked off Ball State 4 to nothing. Uh, an intriguing 3-2 matchup has already come to a close between Texas Tech and UConn. The Red Raiders 3-2 there over the Huskies. That was in the Gainesville Regional. And uh, a couple other um, notes here. Indiana State, who is hosting the number 14 seed, they trailed 5-2 after five innings against Wright State. And they scored one in the sixth and three in the eighth to come back and win that one six to five. Clemson was in a nail biter with Litscomb. Yeah, we just saw the, that one end a couple yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, yeah, that one was crazy. Out of the Atlantic Sun, so Litscomb did a good job hanging in there. It was six to five going to the seventh until the uh, Tigers put up one in the seventh and five in the eighth. I just think it's demoralizing for a team. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. Do you think you know, Chris? 
you're in a spot where in a game you shouldn't win. Okay. But you're mm-hmm. down a run most of the game. In a game you shouldn't win. In a like, game you okay, shouldn't you're win. Right, okay. And you're thinking, hey, even if we lose this game, we should have some good confidence going into tomorrow. We're mm-hmm. we're taking a, a ACC program to the wire, and then you come out and you let up six runs in the final three innings. What do you think that's going to do for Lissom's confidence tomorrow as as they face a, another opponent? I think it kind of takes away the feeling you mentioned of hey, we shouldn't win this, but maybe we can build some confidence tomorrow. I think that then takes it into, hey, we should have won this, and we royally screwed up. Yeah. And now, like, I, I would say that, like, hurts your confidence. I think it does. And, you know, we don't know who they're going to play tomorrow yet. They are in that Clemson Regional against a very intriguing 2-3 matchup between Tennessee and Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte, future American Athletic Conference member. Uh, they won the Conference USA title. That was supposed to be a one-bid league. Only Dallas Baptist was going to get in via the at-large bid. But they're playing their best baseball of the season. They're playing a Tennessee team that, despite being on the cusp of hosting, is 4-12 and in true road games this year and 1-2 and in neutral site games. So they really That's not struggle. not a good stat there. Yeah, they yeah. really struggle away from Knoxville. So maybe that could be the big thing for Litzcombe is you could be getting Tennessee tomorrow if they can't beat the 49ers of Charlotte tonight. I have to say, though, Chris, I think this is a good thing for the American Athletic Conference moving forward, a conference that also should have been a one-bid league. Obviously, Tulane got up and made the tournament by beating East Carolina on Sunday. But to have a future member getting into the NCAA tournament, I think that does good for the conference moving forward. Yeah, that's great because, I mean, all anyone's talking about in the American is the teams leaving. And just being honest, there's not much talk about the teams coming in just because of how big of the impact is like the teams like Houston leaving so good on them for bringing some like name value back to the American with teams that are actually coming in as opposed to I feel like we're just talking so much all the time about the teams that are out now yeah I couldn't agree more and, and we do have some talented programs coming in in all aspects of the games a couple other things I want to hit on uh, Sanford who is actually a three seed you don't usually think of a team out of the SOCOM being a three seed they just beat Old Miss 4-2 to two in 10 innings Old Miss had or sorry Southern Miss excuse me and Southern Miss had uh, bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth and got at, could not, and Sanford got out of it. Excuse me, Sanford comes back, scores three in the top of the tenth. The uh, Southern Miss Eagles there load them up in the bottom of the tenth. They get one home, but end up losing that one four to two. Couple other just um, things going on right now. Boston College and Troy are in Tuscaloosa. They are delayed due to weather. Louisiana and Texas got started very late in Coral Gables as they had weather, and that is the unfortunate thing about this time of the season, Chris. We've seen it a lot with the Pirates this year. I remember you reading a stat to me. But with only a couple weeks left in the season, that East Carolina had only had like two weekends not affected by Mother Nature, and we're oh, seeing the, it around the country right the, now. The phrase that everyone's been throwing around, I think it's April showers bring May flowers. Yeah, that has not been like. Where's the truth in that in 2023? Yeah, and so you know, so I was telling Patrick this yesterday on the show. Not trying to bring it back up. I just yeah. said yesterday. No, it's all good. A year ago yesterday, it was 97 degrees and fully sunny. And yesterday, it was like cloudy about to rain and 70 degrees. Yeah. What in the world is going on? I don't know. And why does it keep affecting ECU baseball so much? Like, it's got to always fall on the day <laughs> that they're playing baseball. In the city that they're playing yeah, baseball. Yeah, exactly. It's a big country, and it always has to be where it, the Pirates play. It's always play. whenever the Pirates are playing baseball. And, yeah. you know, I was in Charlotte last weekend for the NASCAR race, and all of a sudden, you know, we watched a lot more rain than we did racing. And we had the coldest Memorial Day weekend in Charlotte since 1901. What is going on? I don't know. 
I don't want to hear anything. Climate change people aren't totally. I mean, yeah, they're still nuts. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, nuts. they're not like totally nuts. Well, they can't call it. They better be calling it climate change now, not global warming. Yeah, it ain't they, getting they, no darn warmer. Not warming. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not. Hey, yeah, the ice caps are not melting, people, because it's too darn cold for that. But oh, yeah. hey, you know, what? I'll take it because I hate when I'm. It's mid June. June, excuse me, mid-June, <laughs> mid-June, mid-July. Who knows? You know, whatever. Yeah. Right? I hate it when it's mid June. <laughs> And I'm already tired of summer, so I guess I can't hate the moderate start to the summer. Oh, yeah, we'll enjoy the, the heat of the summer, you know, like the real yeah. big parts of the summer, like more now, yeah. Yeah, but the rain. Because it does yeah. get old, it does get old. But the rain, uh, see, the heat gets old, the rain is getting, like, really old. Yeah, rain in the morning. What, crickets? What, what, are, is us talking about rain boring you? <laughs> are we doing too much weather stuff on a sports show for you, Clark? Aww. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. The and, one and only Clark Willis. The one and only Clark Willis. All right, so anyways, I'm just going to go quick through the games that are going on right now. we got to get a break so we can get to Steven Igo. So uh, Louisiana and Texas, that, as mentioned, is in the Coral Gables Regional. That game is tied at one, bottom six. Uh, Fayetteville Regional, Arkansas, despite being down two early, two to nothing early to the four seed Santa Clara is up seven to three at the bottom of the six. Boston College and Troy, as we mentioned, three to three there, bottom second. That is a rain delay in Tuscaloosa. Um, Baton Rouge, Regional, the other American Athletic Conference team, Tulane trails LSU six to two in the eighth, and Stanford and San Jose State out of the Mountain West. They are in the top of the first inning, just got going, and that is scoreless. On the other side of this timeout, we will be joined by the host of Hoist the Colors, Stephen Igo. Stay with us. The Uptown Greenville. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now, in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Welcome back into the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. I am Philip Pilkington, and I am joined on the phone by the host of Hoist the Colors, Stephen Igo, who has made it to Charlottesville, Virginia, where the site is of the regional, which features the East Carolina Pirates. How's it going, Stephen? Woo! It's going good, guys. Uh, glad to be reconnected for the second time today, Philip. Yeah, I can't tell you how many... Pirate fans I saw on I-95 uh, with pirate flags or ECU decals, logos. It feels like it's it's almost like it's a football road game. Like I always remember going to Navy or any road game within the state of North Carolina, like NC State, North Carolina, somewhere like that. You just see so many pirate fans going up and down the highway, and this has a similar feel to it. And so I feel like we're going to see a ton of uh, purple and gold in the stands. I don't know how it's going to come across on TV. I guess the stadium's pretty big, but I'm expecting a big contingent. Uh, a lot of pirates out tailgating, so it should be a pretty good atmosphere. I don't know how many Oklahoma fans are going to be here, but I would think the ECU has a bit of a uh, home foot advantage in terms of rooting interest in person. I think they definitely do. You know, one of the interesting things about this is I know people who are actually friends of ours in common that bought tickets on Monday and they were just buying them through the general public through Virginia, but they were on sale to the general public. So definitely a big opportunity, I think, for Pirate fans to be there. Most of the people I know that are going are sitting out in the outfield, but a few were able to get chairback seats, which pretty is pretty amazing. I thought the crowd looked decent for that Virginia game, but definitely not what it would be for a, a regional if it was in Greenville and the Pirates were hosting, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's just ECU fans take baseball so seriously, and maybe that 
has been to the, you know, obviously it's helped the program, but I think it's been a little bit of a detriment in terms of putting so much pressure on getting to Omaha in the College World Series just because baseball means so much to the region. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that the fans are so supportive, but you just, every time I go to a road venue, specifically a non-SEC one, you just get a reminder of how lucky we are in Greenville to, to cover a program that cares so much about college baseball because, to be quite honest, College baseball at places like Virginia, at places like North Carolina, uh, even NC State, it's secondary. It doesn't get the same amount of coverage. It doesn't have the same amount of fan support in terms of passion, in terms of numbers during the regular season. You'll see a big crowd for the Saturday night Virginia winners bracket game, but that is not a common occurrence in terms of you know being a sellout crowd during the regular season, whereas we see with ECU all the time, if the team's playing well and the weather's nice, it's going to be a near-capacity crowd. So it's just... You know, it's something that I, I think it's it's a luxury that ECU is able to play so many regionals close by because the fans get to go as well. And, and I don't know if Virginia just didn't care if East Carolina fans bought so many tickets because it is a pretty big ballpark for a college park. If, it, if this was at NC State or North Carolina, I'm sure they'd be a little bit more restricted on what they put on stuff to the public. But I know a lot of ECU fans that bought tickets through that avenue and did so at a pretty good rate. It wasn't too expensive either. You know, and one of the things I want to remind our listeners, it's not like the Cavaliers have not had success. They are the 2015 College World Series champions. But let's get into talking about those Cavaliers. Obviously, they took on the Black Knights of Army earlier today in a game which they won 15-1. to They scored six runs in just the first inning, only seeing 29 pitches, meaning they were scoring a run about every five pitches. And, uh, you know, I obviously you had to listen to this one on the radio because you been on your way up there, but uh, kind of a cruise easy win for them, and not a lot of arms, um, you know, used in that uh, in that contest. Yeah, I mean, you can't draw it up much better if you're Virginia Army came in with as a pretty good four seed on paper, but just did not look very good. Seemed overwhelmed by Virginia's talent on both sides of the ball. Didn't play good defense. They didn't play good in any facets. And that's a team with postseason experience, so that's a pretty big surprise. Uh, you know, I don't know. I would expect them to play better as far as loser bracket games, regardless of who, who loses tonight. But I, I just don't think Army has the talent or the arms compared to the rest of this regional. Uh, you got three really good baseball teams, three talented teams. But got to give Virginia the credit. They did exactly what they needed to do and honestly set themselves up well for the, the, the perfect weekend. I mean, they got their starter, Brian Edgington, out after 54 pitches in five innings. He had a no-hitter going, but they basically took him out because at this point, yeah, it'd be cool to throw a no-hitter, but honestly having him available out of the bullpen later in the weekend, if necessary, puts them in a better position to win the regional. So, I mean, Virginia has probably six, seven, eight arms that they really rely on. Edgington is one of those. They now can bring him back if they need it. So by virtue of getting such a big lead and turning it into a laugher, they really put themselves in a great position pitching going forward. It'll be really interesting to see who they start tomorrow. Really, the, the two candidates are Nick Parker, the Coastal Carolina transfer, who's been their Friday night guy recently. I would I would assume he gets the start, but they also have a lefty, Connelly Early, uh, from a, a transfer from Army who, who has really good numbers. Both those guys are candidates to start tomorrow, and it may be a matchup thing unless they've already announced it. So um, they're set up well. They, we know they can hit the ball, and if they can save some of their premier arms, 
and stay out of the loser's bracket, obviously they're going to be the, the clear favorite to win the regional. Yeah, I think so. You know, you and I kind of talked about it earlier today on your show that this is a team with the bats that they have that could climb through the loser's bracket if they do lose tomorrow night, I think, and do have the ability to win two on Sunday and one on Monday. And I think saving Edgington, or not saving him, but, you know, the ability to bring him back after just 50-some-odd pitches could definitely be huge for the Cavaliers. Well, we will look at some of these other games that have wrapped up, so we'll focus on some teams here in the state of North Carolina. Uh, one of the teams that Campbell did not see in the regular season as far as power schools around the area was the NC State Wolfpack. They draw the Wolfpack here in the first round of the regional and a big 5-1 to one win for NC State. So just your thoughts on that, Stephen? Are you a little surprised to see a team that eh, probably shouldn't have gotten the tournament after they got swept by Carolina there at the end of the year and uh, they get in and win their first game over a team that arguably should have hosted? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I listened to the majority of the game going up, and NC State, you know, Campbell kind of almost out-hit them in terms of just getting guys on base, but NC State hit three solo home runs. You know, Gruber hit two of those. and uh, The long ball made really the, the biggest difference in the game. They were able to kind of grind on uh, Case Fueler, the Campbell ace, got him out after six innings and well over 100 pitches thrown, and I just had a feeling, you know, you, you see it so often, and it's what kind of worries me about Oklahoma, teams that kind of sneak into the tournament or, you know, get that disrespect card of, hey, they should be in. These guys aren't really that good. Those teams kind of go into the postseason with nothing to lose, and I feel like NC State entered the game with that mentality and will even go into tomorrow night's game with the same mentality. But, you know, I, I was also worried about Campbell because, A, they were getting a bunch of hype about how they should have hosted, they get a bunch of pats on the back. You guys, you know, y'all can win this regional. Campbell, look out for them. They should have hosted. They're really good. You got all this positive press. And not to mention, I'm hearing from several sources that Justin Hare, their head coach, is, is the clear front runner for the Georgia head coaching job. And obviously, if I know that, I'm sure the players do as well. And it's just a scenario, I think, where kind of a perfect storm there. And, and you know, Kuehler, their, their starting pitcher, didn't have his best stuff. They also made a crucial error behind them leading to two unearned runs early on. NC State was able to get in front and play comfortable. And I'll tell you what, man, postseason baseball is, is different than anything else. Like, as good as Virginia looked today, if you get behind early in a postseason game, the pressure can just mount so quickly, especially if you're kind of a favorite team, uh, which is why even though Virginia looked really good today, I think tomorrow's game is still a bit complete, you know, up for grabs. Baseball is just a crazy game, whether it's ECU or Oklahoma going into tomorrow night. Yeah, we are being joined right now on the Patrick Johnson Show by Stephen Igo, the host of Hoist the Colors. The other game going on or that went on earlier today featuring a pair of teams from the state of North Carolina was Duke and UNCW. That's not only intriguing because that is two opponents the Pirates played during the regular season, but they are in the Conway Regional, a regional that the Pirates are paired with should they advance 
from this week's regional in Charlottesville. So big 12-3 to win for the Blue Devils. Obviously, the Seahawks got in not via an at-large bid. They got in because they won their conference tournament. Northeastern got the at-large bid from the Colonial and would have got been a one-bid league had Northeastern won that tournament. But I still thought Wilmington was playing a little better baseball, and I did not see them coming out there and losing 12-3 to to Duke. I have to say, I was a little surprised about this one, Stephen. Yeah, and I saw earlier in the day that UNCW jumped out to a lead. They may have beaten them by 3 nothing, so I think they gave up 12 on acid runs. You know, Duke is an interesting team, just doing some research on them. They're more built like ECU was last year, where their bullpen is the strength of their team. So they almost have, like, a series of opening starting pitchers, guys who go two to three innings, and then they go to the bullpen after that, and they can really mix and match you. And they can run the ball out of the ballpark. And Coastal Carolina's ballpark is a tiny uh, home run hitting ballpark. I think NJ Metz is one of Duke's best players, hit three home runs today. So, you know, they got big time talent. They got big arms out of the bullpen. And I'm sure once they kind of got a lead there in the middle inning, uh, they kind of suffocated UNCW with their ability to mix and match. I, I honestly, you know, I, I think it's a good thing if, you, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of, hey, if ECU is going to win this regional, which, again, this is a you know, major challenge. I mean, they got to go out and win tonight, first and foremost. But just looking down the line, if East Carolina wins this regional, you know, ideally, I, I don't think UNCW has the horses to win a regional right now. I think they're a good team. They can win a couple of games. They're probably not going to win the regional. Duke would be the team to take out Coastal Carolina. So for them to win the first game, putting them in that winner's bracket game, and, you know, 75 80% of the time, the team that wins that Saturday night game regional, uh, that, that puts them in a position to potentially upset Coastal. So I think it's a good thing if you're looking for, you know, a non-one seed to win that regional, which obviously if you're East Carolina and you somehow find a way to win Charlottesville, you could potentially host or at worst be playing in Durham if Duke also proves victorious. Yep, that is for sure. So we are joined by Stephen Igo. He is obviously already in Charlottesville. Uh, we're running a little short on time here now. So Igo, any um, any last minute thoughts on uh, the atmosphere there in Charlottesville? Any last minute predictions for the Pirates tonight? You know, I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. I, I think, yeah, and this is not a disrespect card to the UVA fans, but. Just watching the game on TV, I don't think they're the most rabid fan base in the world. And having been here in the past for regional, I don't think they are either. So there won't be as many fans in the ballpark tonight as there were earlier today. But I would expect it to be, uh, with all this tailgating, just as uh, just as much energy, if not more, from the Pirate Nation. You know, hopefully the team can, can get a get a way to uh, you know to, to keep them energized, to keep them juiced up. I just feel you know. I, I think he made the right decision going with Trey Savage. I, I feel really good with a healthy Trey Savage on the mound. You know, the only loss he took this year was when he was not at 100% at Wichita State. He just didn't look like the same guy. So ECU otherwise has won a lot of Trey Savage's starts, the majority of them. And I think they find a way tonight. I don't think it'll be easy. I think you're looking at like a 4-2, 5-3 type game uh, with, uh, you know, the, the guy going from Oklahoma, Carmichael, who's a, a really good pitchability lefty. So I think it'll be a lower scoring game, but I think you get a big, big hit in the middle innings, big extra base hit, and uh, you savage in kind of a bullpen combination of a Danny Bill, you know, some sort of combo of Spivey Bill, um, you know, along with some of your other top guys if needed, like uh, Landon Ginn or Wyatt Lunsford. So you got to do what it takes to win game one, and I think the Pirates find a way tonight.
Yep, I think they definitely can. Well, I go enjoy your uh, time in Charlottesville, and thanks for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thanks. All right, and now we will toss it over to Chris Cook with our 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. This is Chris Cook here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. The NCAA Baseball Tournament Regional Round begins today. Action at 7 from the Charlottesville Regional with number 15 ranked ECU taking on Oklahoma. The Pirates and Sooners at 7 o'clock with coverage beginning on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app with Scooter Rogers 15 minutes before at 6.45. Coach Cliff Godwin says the Pirates will send their ace to the mound against Oklahoma. We're going to go with Trey. Um, Trey is the freshest guy, and he's our ace, so um, it's crucial to put your best guy out there, and we're going to take it one game at a time. So everybody's going to be available tomorrow after Trey, and then we'll regroup after game one and figure out who we're going to start in game two. And Trey Savage is ready to get the ball. I'm excited for it. Uh, I haven't really looked too much into Oklahoma, but I'm excited to play. I don't care who we play, but, I mean, I'll feel the same way. Um, excited to get out there and have the ball in my hand. In game one of the Charlottesville Regional, Virginia knocked off Army 15-1. to Elsewhere, number one seed Wake Forest is set to open up play against George Mason and Winston-Salem. NC State will face Campbell in Columbia. Duke will challenge UNC Wilmington in Conway. North Carolina squares off against Iowa. Charlotte plays Tennessee in Clemson. J.H. Rose Baseball begins its quest for an eighth state championship tonight at 8 o'clock in Burlington as the Rampants play Wes Henderson in the first game of a best-of-three series for the Class 3A title. It's the ninth appearance for J.H. Rose in the championship round under legendary head coach Ronald R.B. Vincent. There's 450 high schools not practicing baseball now. So you enjoy it. You know, there's only eight schools in the state playing still practicing baseball. Enjoy the process. Enjoy everything you get to see and, and, and just relax and, and, and get after it. You know, it's, uh, not, don't change anything we've done all year. Just do what we do. You can hear game one with Croft Massey and Jackson Searles right here tonight on Talk 103.7 WTIB and also on the IBX Media app. On Thursday, the Senate gave the final approval of the sports betting bill. If passed, sports betting would be legal as early as January, allowing for bettors on the phone or in person and some sporting venues across the state. Republican House leaders say that the state could establish entertainment districts, which could include casinos. WRAL sports investigative reporter Brian Murphy on that possibility. Once you get past sports gambling into casinos, which are also being touted as economic development and, and BLTs, there's certainly moral arguments against that stuff, but I do think the argument of economic development, personal freedom, uh, giving people entertainment options is, is starting to win out in North Carolina. And the Panthers are wrapping up their second week of organized team activities. Carolina has an OTA session scheduled for today after practicing the past two days. Head coach Frank Wright says he expects tight end Hayden Hurst and wide receiver DJ Clark to participate in individual drills. The Panthers will return to the field for their final week of OTAs on Tuesday. They are gearing up towards their mandatory minicamp that begins on June 13th. In other team news, linebacker Shaq Thompson reworked his deal to reduce his salary cap hit from $24.5 million to $14 million. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. The Sports Update is brought to you by the new IBX Media app. Download for free on the App Store and on Google Play. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with host Philip Pilkington on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. 
Have you noticed he's in his own little happy hour? We're back to the Patrick Townsend Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the happy hour program. Here's the P-Man. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the one downside to having to be here for baseball tonight is I guess we can't go to happy hour tonight, Chris. I'd like to go to happy hour. Yeah, uh, you know something I just picked up on that like it's kind of funny? What? The, the rejoiner uh, says back to the P-Man, your name starts with a P. Yeah. So it's still, you're essentially still the P-Man. Still relevant, Yeah, right? it's still relevant, it yeah. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why I'm the fill-in host, huh? Anyways, well, the Pirates have announced their starting lineup for tonight's game, posted a little over a minute ago on EC Baseball's Twitter page. Leading off and playing second base will be Jacob Starling. Batting second, playing right field will be Carter Cunningham. Batting third, playing first base, Josh Moylan. Being moved up in the lineup will be the DH Cam Clonch. He has been DHing now since the uh, middle of the AAC tournament when he took over for Luke Nowak. Talk about that here in a second. And uh, batting fifth, playing left field, will be JJC. J Dub will be behind the plate, batting sixth. Barini will be playing short, batting seventh. AMAC playing third, batting eighth. Lane in that double leadoff role again, playing center, batting ninth. Obviously, Trey on the mound. I have to say, I like this whole thing where Cam is DHing now because I think it's big to have no walk in those pinch hit situations because he is pretty clutch, as well as the speed on the base path late in games. And I think in a game like tonight, Chris, when you expect it to be very close, you never know who's going to get on base and what their speed's going to be like. When you got a guy like Luke Nowak, excuse me, who was a, I believe he was a state champion in like the 100 meter dash in high school. Mm-hmm. It's big to be able to get speed on the base paths late in games. Yeah, I agree. But so, what do you 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 admittedly know more about this than me? What do you yeah. think about the starting lineup? Would you have changed anything, or do you see them going to the bullpen a lot tonight? Like, what's your like overall like thoughts on this? I like it. This was um, like just put out. Right? Yeah, it was just. Yeah. Was, I mean, it still says 29 seconds ago on my Twitter. Oh, it was uh-huh. just because what I clicked on it with like one commercial break left. So we're about three minutes now. Um, I like it. There's a little shuffle around at the top of the lineup, and um, you know, I don't know exactly why Coach did that. I'm sure he's got his reasons. But either way, I think that everybody is hitting roughly where they need to. I like that he's moved Lane Hoover down to that number nine spot because he seems to have uh, really relished in that spot getting on. It's, it's big to have a good speed gown because you think one through five, well, really one through six on this lineup. Either way, when the top of the lineup comes up, it's really nice to have somebody on base. When you've got a guy with the speed of Lane Hoover, all they got to do is put the ball in play, and he has the ability to score, and uh, you know we mentioned that you know talking about pinch running possibilities. Luke Nowak, I love the speed on the base pass this Pirate team has. But the interesting thing tonight we talked about on Hoist the Colors earlier with myself and Stephen Igo is that the Oklahoma Sooners have stolen over a hundred bags this year. I mean, this is a team who steals a lot of bases. Pirates today, they're going to pound the zone, cannot walk a lot of guys because the minute you get you get on base. Um, you know, or you let them get on base, they will steal bases. They don't hit a lot of home runs like the Virginia Cavaliers do. Um, Oklahoma, a lot like East Carolina, uh, in the fact they play a lot of small ball and uh, they try and they rely on the big innings, good average. And the interesting thing I think is ECU has not seen a lot of teams that are their style of play. So I think uh, I'll get your take on this, Chris. It'll be interesting to see. 
a team that plays like ECU because very few teams do. I think this is a very good measuring yeah, tool for how good we school style, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I think this is a very good measuring tool for yourself as to how good you are at your brand of baseball because they also play your brand of baseball. And you know what? Uh, with that being said, I'm predicting since they play a similar style, we we could see a low scoring game here. I think so, yeah. And, and obviously both of these pitchers, um, you expect to pound the zone, strike a lot of guys out if they can. Um, you know, so that, that'll be interesting. Actually, I take that back. Their guy does not strike a lot of guys out. He pounds the zone. He is a contact. I just remembered that now from Igo's show. But um, still, you expect, like Chris said, a lot of low scoring. I think uh, good pitching and the fact that you don't see a lot of home runs um, could be a thing where I think every run in this game is going to be very crucial. Because like you said, this could be a two-to-one game, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I definitely don't think it's going to be the 15-to-1 game the early I, game. I don't either, but correct me if I'm wrong, the Pirates this season do well in the lower-scoring games, right? Like, we've come out on the winning end yeah. on a lot of these, right? So that's good to see. Hopefully that'll re- history will repeat itself tonight. I want to go back a little bit, though, uh, was there anyone in the starting lineup that was like surprising to you, or or do you see what they're doing? Or yeah, I mean this has been the starting lineup. Like this has been the starting lineup for the last four or five games okay. now. So I don't think anybody has done anything that should get them taken out of the starting lineup. I think it'll be interesting to see in a regional if. Coach Godwin will go to his defensive changes as often as he does during the regular season. Uh, you know, a guy like Dixon Williams, Connor Rasmussen, will they get in? You don't know. It's uh, They've gotten in a lot lately, but will we see that in a regional? Who's to say? It, it could definitely go a few different ways, um, but the Pirates definitely cannot give free bases to the Sooners tonight. Do you see them changing up any like style of play or like game plan or anything like that because it's a regional? You were kind of touching on that a little bit, or do you see like very similar to the regular season? Because it's Cliff Godwin, okay. I say no. He is very much you play today. He's got to his today. plan, and it, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He 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 is very much the same. He doesn't seem to manage games differently, um, depending on what time of the year it is. Yeah, and they so. hammer that a lot. It's like they don't care who they play, where they play. They're going to play their style of ball. and I mean, it works yeah. for them. So, yeah. It does. So we will see if they can get it done tonight against the Oklahoma Sooners. We're about to take our last time out of the show. On the other side, we've already been joined by Stephen Igo. We're going to be joined by another radio a talent. Award-winning. Uh, award-winning. Award-winning. Mark Miller of the Morning Rush over on WNCT. <laughs> over on WNCT. He and his uh, two sons are on the way. to. The, actually, I think they're at the game now. So they're going to give us more of the uh, fan perspective, and they will join us on the other side of this time out right here on the Pastor Johnson Show. Welcome back in to the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. With the P-Man, the other P-Man. <laughs> I'm Philip Bilkin. That is Chris Cook. Wearing and Clark Willis' cool sunglasses. Oh my Where'd goodness. you get these? You serious, Clark? And we are joined now by Mark Miller of the Morning Rush. What's up, Mark? <laughs> All right, Phil. All right, guys, you ready? Let's go. One, two, three. Let's go. Party. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome, Mark. Where are you right now? Are you already we at the stadium? Here. I feel like I'm in Greenville, North Carolina. I parked somewhere here in Virginia, Charlottesville. I walked over to these tents, and all of a sudden, I am in Greenville, North Carolina. I see everybody. I, I see every weekend. Everybody's walking up. This is amazing. 
Uh, we got the grills going. We got the tents going. We got everything happening here, getting ready for a uh, an amazing pirate evening tonight here in Charlottesville. That is awesome to hear. I was wondering how well we were going to travel. I am. It pumped sounds this. like they're traveling awesome. Yeah. This is I, awesome. listen. We made it here two minutes before you called in, and I'm <laughs> glad I got all the way over here. Yeah, I'm glad you too. I appreciate you coordinating that little uh, Let's Go Pirates chant. That is awesome. So for those of you who do not know, Mark Miller went to Pitt. It's not his fault, but he he loves his Panthers. <laughs> he traveled this year to the NCAA men's basketball tournament, watched his Panthers play in Greensboro. Right. But he has adopted the Pirates fully. He was there till two o'clock in the morning last year during the Super Many Regional. Many times. Many a regional, you're correct. Yeah. Mark Miller is a is an adopted pirate through and through and we love for what he does. So you took your boys. Is this the first time you guys have gone on a road regional, Mark? This is our first road regional ever. Me and the boys just got here, they're stuffing their faces. Um as far as, like, actually, you know, we've been blessed, what, four years before this with home regionals, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been, it's been nothing but home regionals. Now, all of a sudden, we got this roadie, but it's not too far away. I got to work tomorrow morning, man. We got to drive back after this thing. It's crazy. That but is it that- doesn't matter because we're here now, and we're going to go in there. We're going to turn this, uh, the dish, as they call it, into, uh, into the jungle north, man. This is what it's all about. How about those friggin' pirates? <laughs> that is right. Hopefully you guys do turn this So, Mark, if we win, we'll play at 6 tomorrow. So you're, you're going to come back, do your remote. Are you going back oh, to God. tomorrow? I wish I could. I wish I could. I'm going to be comatose by tomorrow after doing all my uh, my, my live broadcasts and everything oh, like that. you can make it. Oh. <laughs> you can make it. No, I'm There's only, uh, I'm doing all I can, man. Well, we'll see how, what happens. If it's a huge pirate victory, I might have to reconsider. That's understandable. So, I mean, this as someone who went to ECU, uh, Mark, we love how you've adapted the pirate ways. I love how you're you're raising your boys there. You're raising them to be Panther fans. You're raising them to be pirate fans. So it's uh, it's wonderful. And uh, you got any predictions for tonight? Any uh, anything you want to talk about the game? I really I feel really good about this game. I think I think they the bats get hot early and stay hot. I think this is going to be a, a joyous night out in left field where you're going to find. Um, Everyone you normally find in left field back at Clark LeClaire. I feel like it's going to be a big party tonight. I really do. I, 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 I mean, you're putting your savage on the mound. You're, I, everything's going to be rolling. All right? That's the way I'm feeling. That's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, and uh, send our love to all your friends out there, all the guys from the jungle and all of Pirates. Let's go. We got it. We got it. We How about those freaking Pirates? They're all here for you, man. They're all here for you. Let's go, Pirates. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you, Mark. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, safe travels back to Greenville after the game. He's gone. All right, that was Mark Miller of the Morning the Rush. Yeah, yeah. He, he was excited. He was excited. Yeah. I, I think there's been some hot dogs consumed, and uh, I think there might be some other. Well, no, he's gonna drive home. He won't be. His, his boys are young, so. Uh, but but Mark can bring he, the energy he's regardless. A, he's an energetic enough uh, person. He doesn't need like anything added on to that. No, he doesn't. So yeah. like, you guys think. People listen to the show that Clark's the most energetic person who works here, but I think it might be Mark Miller. I don't know. Clark might have him. Ooh, it's close. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We need to have a, so, Clark, what do you think about this? I think we need to have a contest, probably on NCT one way to, one day, to figure out who's more energetic, you or Mark. What y'all, do you both, think? y'all both got to drink three cups of coffee <laughs> and, and just see who can talk the longest. I've never seen Miller uh, drink coffee. Oh, he doesn't drink coffee. Michael yeah. told me that. Uh, so we'll he's just some, really that. Or give him a Red Bull. I don't that know. That might give him an edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Clark probably shouldn't drink coffee. <laughs> Clark's, Clark's hype enough as it is. But, no, the, both these guys are fun to work with, and Mark is a heck of a sports fan. We'll forgive him for being a Philly sports fan. He is from Philly, so he likes the Eagles, Flyers, Phillies. He's suffered enough hurt with the Eagles since yeah, the fall sure. this year. Yeah, yeah he, he, he we'll, we'll, give, we'll give him a pass. We'll yeah, give him a pass. Un- understood, but, yeah. So we thank Mark Miller for tuning in. And just a reminder of some of the stuff that is on our airways here tonight as our show winds down that uh, Croft, Massey, and – sorry, i got to pull it up one more time again who his uh, – Color commentator is tonight. Croft, Massey, and Jackson Searles will be on the call for the Rose against West Henderson game on 103.7 WTIB. Jackson is the normal PA announcer for Rose baseball, so he knows a lot about the players, and uh, he, I'm sure, didn't have to do much research to to call this game tonight. Oh, yeah, he probably just stepped right in. Like, yeah. He's just ready to go. Yeah. I'm sure he is, yeah. And obviously, Croft does a heck of a job calling the football game, so I'm sure he will do a wonderful job with that. That is 8 o'clock tonight, WTIB. Our guy Dom Kosolke will be behind the scenes. Uh, game 2 tomorrow, 2 o'clock, and uh, Game 3, if necessary, will be sometime uh, tomorrow afternoon, they said if the 4A game needs a game three, it will be played immediately after that, and they would play at eight. If the 4A game does not need a game three, they would go right after it. So kind of the same scenario as the American Athletic Conference tournament on that Saturday. Um, just they're the second game of the early two, therefore they're not in the same scenario that ECU was in when you know they had it doing the same scenario that the Tulane Houston. Um, Teams were in. So, uh, and then obviously on our race, 645, Scott Scooter Rogers oh, will yeah, have man. call of the Pirates and Sooners for a 706 first pitch up in Charlottesville. It should be a fun weekend. Obviously, Virginia 15 to 1 winners earlier today over Army. So, kind of a. Uh, Oh, there it is, Clark. Yeah. You know, Clark, we, you know, it's double elimination. I like it, but it's not over yet. Yeah, it's not quite over. Let's go back to the 2019 region when the Pirates lost to Quinnipiac. my limping song. Yeah, and I had heard of Quinnipiac before the 2019 region, but I had no idea they were in Connecticut. I knew they were somewhere up there. But the Pirates fell in game one of that region and came back, so do not... Count out the Black Knights of it's West Point. Late. Yeah, it's never too late. I, I don't see them coming out of this thing, but you know we, we got to be optimistic. I, well, I'm not more optimistic than Army's going to be. Get my point. You got to you can't count teams out. No, you, you count can't. teams out. You that's can't. when it jumps up and bites you. Oh yeah. So um, a <laughs> couple other things going on right now. Stanford, number eight seed, national seed, down to the Mountain West champion San Jose. State 2-1 to one right now in the third inning. They are still in a rain delay in Tuscaloosa. It's just, it in cannot College. stop raining during not, these baseball games. Well, they're in Alabama. It rains all the time in Alabama. I mean, oh, okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Texas and Louisiana are in the eighth right now, despite them having a rain delay down there in Coral Gables. They're um, going good right now. Longhorns up 4-2. to two. Might about be 5-2. No warning track fly out. That game's in the bottom of the eighth. Arkansas at big on Santa Clara in the eighth. That is 13 to 4. I like and, his music, though. I do too. And uh, Florida is up on Florida A&M 2 to nothing in the bottom of the second. So, any closing thoughts for either one of you guys here? we got about 40 seconds left going into the Pirates game tonight. It's going to be a great weekend of baseball for ECU, Jays, Rose, everything else. It's exciting. What an exciting time of year. Let's do it.
Anything from you, Clark? Hey, I'm excited too. My son's going to be watching from Ohio. Oh, really? There we go. Pirates. There we go. Brandon, go. right? That's right, Brandon. Yep. Shout out to Brandon. Well, everybody, we thank you for tuning in. We want to thank our guy, Mark Miller. Also, Steve and I go. Thank you to my co-host, Chris Cook. Thank you to Clark Willis behind the scenes. Stay with us. We are 45 minutes away from coverage of East Carolina and Oklahoma in the Charlottesville Regional. Woohoo! From Town Insurance, I've got my friend Jim Clement in the studio with me. Jim, great to see you. What's new at Town Insurance? What's new, Henry, is our growth in this state. We have now exceeded $60 million in revenue with 300 employees over both states, Virginia and North Carolina. But North Carolina, our footprint goes from Corolla down to Wilmington, to Kinston, Greenville, Raleigh, and our newest operation in Charlotte. So, Jim, what does that mean for all of your clients and uh, friends in eastern North Carolina? Because of town's massive resources, meaning access to more companies and markets, we are able to serve all of our clients right here in eastern North Carolina with their personal lines, their commercial lines, their life and health needs, or their small business needs. We continue to hear more and more about town insurance, and uh, it's great to have you in here giving us an update today. How about people who aren't doing business with you right now in eastern North Carolina? What would you say to them? Come to town today. What's the telephone number? 703-242-5500. <laughs>